Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of BuzzFeed's The Library, a podcast with the same amount of beauty, intelligence, tenacity, charm, and humor as the show it covers, RuPaul's Drag Race. I am Jarrett Weisselman, and I could not be more excited to be digging into the top four. First of all, I can't even believe it's top four time. This season, in a weird way, has flown by and also felt a thousand years long. So we're going to chat about that with our panel. We're also going to talk about this really interesting group performance that had to happen with some quote-unquote live-to-track vocals, and then a final four eleganza extravaganza on the runway that I had some concerns with. Okay, but before we get to that, let's get to our panel. First, as always, my co-host, Eleanor Kagan. Hello, Eleanor. Hi, Jared. I love you more than my free sponsored Squatty Potty gift. I just wanted to let you know. (laughs) My God, I really hope that wood is like varnished and polished and buffed down because I didn't realize those were made out of wood. Me either, but now I know more about them than I ever wanted to, and I want one. I'm just one. imagining Ron Swanson whittling them away in his <laughs> cabin somewhere. Yeah, and I can't uh, believe they're not sponsoring our podcast. Yet, Eleanor, as Alexis Michelle told us on our special edition of BuzzFeed's The Library, you have to secret that out into the universe if you want it. Okay, fine. Consider it secreted. Amazing. And returning the incredible, the intelligent, the beautiful, the Zachary Aris. <gasps> Ooh, Zachary. I'm excited to be here. Do I get a Squatty Potty as well? I mean, there's a corner you can just hang out in if you need something in a pinch. Oh, well, um, thank you so much for the competition, and I will take my leave. (laughs) (laughs) We're so happy to have you back, and I could not be more excited to welcome a first-timer to the podcast, NPR contributor and panelist on Pop Culture Happy Hour, Glenn Weldon. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. My gosh, thank you so much for being here. You are, I mean, you know, we have had some Drag Race experts on the panel before. You have one sitting across from you and Zachary. But I mean, you really are one of the most well-informed drag race people out there, in my opinion. Yeah, well, that's great. I think there's plenty of people who would dispute that, but uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. We appreciate your opinions on everything. <laughs> that's right. Well, Glenn, I want to ask you, I want to start, you know, this has been an interesting season in the way fans have engaged with it. A lot of people have felt that the focus on heart over claws, per se, has not made for the best season of Drag Race. But that said, I still feel like we have a phenomenal top four. So I want to ask you, can an amazing top four rewrite people's impressions of an entire season? Oh, definitely. Because, you know, it's what you're left with. It's the last thing you remember. And, and it's uh, it makes a powerful impression. I would respectfully dispute some of those people who are saying the season wasn't as good because of the lack of drama, because that's mm-hmm. not what I watched the show for. And this makes me very, very basic. I understand that. But <laughs> I love the craft of drag. I'm a yeah. process nerd. And I, I am more interested in evaluating the product, the performance, and not the person. So, I mean, I, I've said this before, but I don't watch Untucked. I I, I don't want to know. I, I don't like, it makes me feel like mom and mom are fighting, you know, whenever I see two Mom and mom are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, so if it is a little kumbaya, if it's everybody sitting around in a circle and, and loving each other, and uh, you can tell there's back rubs going on. There's lots and lots mm-hmm. of back rubs. Uh, right. Theater people back rubs. Uh, it's <laughs> fine with me. It's totally fine with me. But yeah, I definitely think you can have a really strong Final Four like this one is. And uh, and it'll. I, I think some of that stink is going to come off. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, sort of, it's like a movie. If a movie has an amazing ending, sometimes you forgive it for mistakes it made in the first act because what you walk away with is the triumph. Definitely. 
Well, uh, let's talk more about this top four just before we get into the episode, you know, because for a lot of the season, we were sort of wondering, would this be a situation where we ended up with sort of lackluster queens in the final? And I don't think that's come to pass. I think if you look at day one in the workroom, Peppermint, Sasha, Trinity and Shay were people who came out of the gate really really strong. They had strong aesthetics. They had strong personalities. They had strong perspectives. And I mean, barring their eureka self-elimination in some ways, I kind of feel like this is the ideal top four we could have ended up with with this season. Zachary, what do you think? It's a little bit weird for me because I keep on thinking of this alternate universe in which eureka is still in the competition and eureka is in the top three or Valentina's in Mm. the top three, Mm -hmm. or even Alexis is in the top three, because she was one of my picks going into it. I think it's it's strange because you have two characters that we all kind of established were going to be there. It was going to be Shay and Sasha. We just felt it. But going into the competition, I don't think that Peppermint and Trinity were on people's radars until that first episode when I remember it was on our podcast that I think Hayes mentioned, he was like, Trinity's going to be top three. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, in my mind, Trinity was going home day one. But throughout this competition, (laughs) you know, she proved me wrong and I love her. Yeah, the thing that they kept saying um, was how her main character arc was that we discovered that she was funny. And I think um, what the judges really look for in like considering the final three or the, the final four in this case, spoiler alert, We'll get to that later, mm-hmm. is that um, there has to be some kind of growth and some kind of like chartable personality or talent mm-hmm. change. And for Trinity, it was like the discovery that she's not, quote unquote, just a pageant queen. She can be funny. She can be club kid. Um, and she has a really good sense of humor about herself. So it was about halfway through the season that I was like, I think Trinity will make it because she's so polished mm-hmm. and she's funny. She's yeah. like, I love watching her. Right. There are two queens who are getting the uh, the arc cut mm-hmm. the you've grown so much mm-hmm. that's peppermint mm-hmm. and trinity definitely and right. that is something to watch out for that mm-hmm. is a signal that uh they're going to either uh, make it very very close or, or go all the way right mm-hmm. because uh jinx monsoon was mm-hmm. definitely yeah. that mm-hmm. and sharon even as well sharon for yeah. sure yeah because you know there her a- entrance was everyone saying she's so weird and then now yeah. she wins. Which yeah. kind of takes some of the power out of Sasha's argument that she would be Bren, mm-hmm. she would be a new kind of drag because Sharon Needles has already won and Correct. kind of doing something in that wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I do wonder all the time how much Rue looks at the amalgamation of winners that Drag Race has produced. You know, does she feel like she's trying to fill niches that haven't been filled in previous seasons? You know, I think when you had Jinx and Sharon and Bianca, and they were all sort of different kinds of queens. But I do wonder now, like, what Rue feels like are niches she has not filled with a winner. It's tough to parse what Rue is giving these queens because her face is so impassive. And you can just. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> She's got 50 cc's of. A, no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. But I mean, you, you, at times you have to kind of say, okay, she blinked three times. That's a thing. <laughs> right. that, but yeah. what I'm getting from them is that, uh, you know, she, there's a lot of respect. For Peppermint, there is. Mm-hmm. She's impressed by Sasha. She loves 
Shay. I, I, yeah. I'm getting a warmth from, yes. about Shay, and uh, there's a there's a respect from Trinity. But uh, yeah, I mean, I am that worries me about Sasha because I'm Team Sasha because uh, yeah. she's a bald, bespeckled uh, overthinker who can't dance. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I would, I, from personal experience, I think overthinker and can't dance; those two things are not unrelated. Uh, so yeah, I, I am totally pulling for her. But all I'm getting between uh, RuPaul and Sasha right now is is a sort of measured respect. And that's not going to take her all the way. Yeah, I, 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 I fear you may be right. I, too, am Team Sasha because everything about her personality mm-hmm. to me feels warm and familiar. Mm-hmm. And I also identify with her. But her character arc, quote unquote, has been like her intellectualism. Yeah. And we've never had a queen that has won before on the strength of their intellect. <laughs> right, look what happened sure. to Serena Chacha. She was college educated. <laughs> she went to art school. To Don't art you school. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but I think everything we're talking about is the reason I was initially very nervous about this week's maxi challenge, which was the hashtag are you top three, where the girls were tasked with not only recording a verse for RuPaul's category is, but then doing a live performance to it. I mean, this is also coming off of what I feel is the single best performance in the history of RuPaul's Drag Race last season with Riju Rochu with the top four of All Stars. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I literally watch it at least once a week (laughs) to this day. And so when Sasha's like, well, I can't sing and Trinity's, and we know she can't dance and Trinity's like, oh, I can't sing or do spoken word. I was like, oh, is this going to be another ribbon dancing disaster? Mm -hmm. Okay, so obviously every episode has a lot of foreshadowing in the writing and in the editing about like who is in trouble and who might be doing well and who might go home. And the editing of this episode was very interesting in that Sasha and Trinity were getting, ooh, maybe they're in trouble Mm -hmm. edits. Mm -hmm. And Peppermint and Shay were 100% the whole time getting what, you know, you would call a winner's edit. Or an overconfident edit. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a a better way to put it, I think. Mm -hmm. And I wonder now that we know what happens at the end of the episode, which we'll talk about later, um, if that was all just set up as one giant misdirection. Yeah. I feel a little bit of a misdirection because maybe maybe I'm the only one in feeling this, but I thought that I didn't really like Shay's, her recording. Oh, yeah? I love that she was going for this reference of like Twista and like this like high speed Nicki Minaj double time rap. Mm-hmm. Loved mm-hmm. that. But listening to it, Shay kind of had this like this tilt in her larynx when she was doing it. And it sounded like she was just yawning the entire time. Mm. And it felt a little like out of breath. I was just picking it up and I was like, I don't know, Shay. I mean, the performance, like dance component, she of course did amazingly. But this, the the recorded tracks were all a little bit weird for me. I felt like Peppermint did the best Mm -hmm. in terms of her recorded track. I mean, none of them felt like they technically belonged in the same song versus, again, Riju Rochi, where everything kind of felt like in sync with one another. This felt like four different verses from four different songs that mm. were just sort of throwing together in this final mix. Well, I had never really considered Todrick Hall in any way. I had no opinion about the guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm an old person, and so I don't care about YouTube stars. <laughs> uh, but I was deeply impressed with how yeah. fine-tuned his notes were. I mean, uh, Shay got, okay, you, you don't need to work on your attitude, you need to work on your diction, mm-hmm. and Peppermint 
basically, you know, she was kind of left alone. Uh, Sasha got exactly the right note mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to make the, the, that appreciably better. But the the alchemy he did with Trinity, mm. going from, mm-hmm. at first, her first take was basically yeah. whimpering into the mic. Yes. Uh, and, and that occasioned some of reaction gifts uh, from from both Tadric Hall and uh, Wana Lord, there's there's a couple of Wana Lord just reacting to <laughs> yeah. the yeah. mess that is happening coming out of coming out of Trinity's mouth. But yeah. he he and he just did a fantastic job. He also took Trinity in an arc in her performance as well. I mean, yes. she finally did she did finally figure out which mm-hmm. uh, category this was. Yeah. <laughs> His choreography yeah. was so the levels, and it was the mm-hmm. entrances of each queen coming in in a different space in a different way. Like they all felt. Even though audibly it was a little bit disjointed, but visually they seemed like four independent competitors who were all given an equal portion of the spotlight. But they were also given things that played to their strengths. Mm. You know, I think he was very smart in curtailing each to who they are as performers. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Sasha crawled out like the girl from the ring Mm -hmm. on the side of the stage. So good. I it got Fell even deeper in love with her. her well, did verse... you see, I'm sorry, did you see on the subject of her crawling on the stage? Yes. You know how they they start off and they I were all exactly in the back holding up the tens mm-hmm. and like Sasha's on the ground. As Peppermint walks forward and does a choreography, you just see Sasha still on the ground like inching <laughs> herself <laughs> off. Like it, it was, I, cra- <laughs> I cracked up on that. Yeah. And I, it the, the writing. I mean, like, uh, I think they, they had different levels of, of writing. Uh, Peppermint came out and did basically mini diss tracks for all the other mm-hmm. queens, but mm-hmm. very respectfully because this is season nine. And also Peppermint's <laughs> just so nice. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She is. Um, <laughs> Sasha delivered a mission statement. It was very mm-hmm. earnest. It's like, this is, this, is my, this is my aesthetic. Trinity did something kind of I thought was more dutiful and, uh, you know, you know she, she did nail the, the, the arms finally. But <laughs> Shay, I mean... Let me rock this mic. Leave him in the dust like Tina did Ike. I mean, come on. That's that's great. Smart yes. writing, yeah. That is it really was, smart. It was good writing. And the one move that Shay had that I'm still thinking about is where she drops the baseball bat yeah. without giving it a second thought and is already onto the next dance move and one of the backup dancers catches it. That, yes. to me, is Shay in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Like, she is so confident in her mm-hmm. own act that she will drop a weapon and know that someone is there to grab it because she's that prepared. And she also did something. Her last line, uh, I always, when it was just being recorded on the mic, I had no idea what that was about, but it was about leading into the chorus. I always right. leave it on the dance floor. So she interacted with what was going mm-hmm. on around her in a way that the other queens didn't. They kind of were like these little pockets of themselves in the middle of the song, but she mm-hmm. went out of her way to connect to what was going on around her. Yes. It's also very nice to hear the judges laughing in yeah. the middle of that. Mm-hmm. I always love when they leave in their reactions during lip syncs, during this. Um, and they loved the line when Peppermint was starting to spell her name and she was like, bitch, you know the rest. Yeah. Yes. They loved that line and I loved that line. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, much like the episode did, I feel like we in this podcast have gotten to the main stage faster than usual because there was mm-hmm. just so much happening there. So I feel like we should just live on this stage for a while because this is going to sound crazy because I know none of these contestants, but... I just felt really proud when their performance was over. I felt so happy that they had done so well. I because I had seen we had seen how much they had struggled. I mean, the cool thing about RuPaul's Drag Race, more than most other reality competitions, is it makes you so invested in them as people that you really cheer for their triumphs. Yeah, absolutely. When Sasha said uh, to Tadric, "I feel like I can do it, but it is a huge challenge that yeah. I want to rise to." 
What she did was basically deliver uh, a, the algorithm for winning the show. Yes. Every mm-hmm. queen who is coming on the show ever should be that's, – that's what you need to internalize. Vocalizing that will get you far. That is the attitude because the opposite of that, which we've seen on the show or on any reality show many times, is, well, I don't like this. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, this is beneath right. me. Right. And that didn't work out for Aja. Or no. Nina. Or, or Nina. Or, I was going to say so many queens this mm-hmm. year. And I think, you know, and I think that's the thing that these four all have in common is that they all are committed to improving so they can win. You know, I don't feel like I can remember a time where Pep, Sasha, Trinity, or Shay has really let their fear or the competition get the best of them and derailed them for doing that. Mm -hmm. Even Peppermint at the top of the show when she was in her confessional saying, uh, well, if I, if it, something about if it's clear that I'm not going to win, I will have to resort to other means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And she kind of like, it was almost as if she was thinking of uh, embodying like the the villainous competitor and yeah. then was like, that's not who I am. And then she tries to punch her fist into her palm and it's just, it's so ineffectual. It's like, no, it was I like really a, know. It was like a kitten. It was just like <laughs> no a little kitten. idea what I'm doing. It sounded like Tanya Harding. This is my favorite period of every season uh, toward the end because now when we finally get a little bit more backstory on all these queens it Mm. doesn't feel uh, calculated it doesn't feel like yes there's a sense early on when there's so many queens that they're all kind of waiting like leopards on the Serengeti to jump (laughs) in and and get and say the story that will get them the sad piano cue yes uh, and just get it in there I need to to lay it down here you get it doesn't feel calculating it feels natural it feels organic Well, and I think that was something that we really were given in such a great way with the part of the challenge that involved going on Michelle and RuPaul's podcast, What's Mm. the Tea? I'm constantly reminded at what a fantastic human RuPaul is. I mean, the way it's just so heartening to watch the these queens open up to RuPaul and then have her come back with something so wonderful you know like when Trinity's talking about losing her family member and you know Ru's like there and she's like you know I know that she would be so proud of you she's rewriting that emotional history for them in a way that I think is so it's just so wonderful mm-hmm. We are obviously our podcast studio looks exactly like that, and we all record this in full drag and mm-hmm. or full face. Um, I just want everybody <laughs> stunning, to know. Stunning ring lighting as well. Oh, of course. I was I was waiting for this moment where you know how every time Sasha wins a challenge, she wins a prize she can't use. Like yeah, she's yeah. a vegetarian and won a lifetime supply of hamburger Mary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she has no hair and watch a year's supply of hair care products. That's right. I was Upstairs, waiting downstairs, her, Zachary. I was waiting for her to be there at the podcast and when Michelle's like, You want a squatty potty? And then she'd be like Actually, um, I have most of my intestine removed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was waiting for that full circle moment. And this is a petty thing, but when she said at the end, you know, uh, when she got it, uh, I could write a whole philosophy piece about it. That's not what they're called. They're called essays. <laughs> essays. <laughs> philosophy It's not called piece? a philosophy piece. <laughs> this oh, my piece. God. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. It's so so, but it's such a Sasha thing to say, <laughs> and I love it. Hang on one second. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I want to turn to uh, the looks during the performance for a moment because, listen, I know it's in her name. I know we've heard it all season. But my God, the tuck Trinity had this week is (laughs) mind-blowing. I mean, there was almost no material between her legs. And I was honestly 
marveling at whatever was happening down there. Because there was no discernible duct tape. There was nothing. There was nothing. It was... It was beyond impressive. I mean, I feel like when you call yourself, you know, Trinity the Tuck, you have to live up to it. And my God, she did this. Absolutely. Yes. I'm sure Rizzo is still in pain just thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I also appreciated that Shay was giving me like a Lilu Dallas multipass fifth element aesthetic vibe with that red hair. I was I have to say, you know, Shay's reliance on non-traditional colored wigs has actually been something when they went through, you know, at the end of the episode, the gamut of looks she has served. It's actually been something I did not realize was such a signature for her until I saw it one after another after another. And it's really captivating. Mm -hmm. I think on a lesser queen, she would run the risk of it uh, being, you know, Ricky's or, you know, Party Mm City-esque. But for some reason, because Shay is so polished everywhere else that it kind of is like an exclamation point at the top of her outfit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you guys, I mean, your opinion. The the blue wig she wore for the final look was 100% the same wig from the make, the crew makeover right. challenge, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the same wig. I, I love that she was sort of like, I'm going to show you that I actually know how to style this wig before I leave this competition. <laughs> well, I mean, I still have my conspiracy about that, that I feel like that boy sabotaged her. He probably pulled out a pin. What? He, like, okay, because she look, hated because <laughs> she hated on him because of Natalie Portman. Look, that was his revenge. You, I, at any, even if you are an infant, if you are walking forward and your hair falls in your face, you move it out of your face. Yeah. Right. But he's just standing there, like, yeah. I think it was a sabotage. Follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a sabotage for a better arc. Wow. <laughs> I always love when you bring a conspiracy, Zachary. You know I have I so do. many. I have. And I have one for this this week tell too. Tell us, tell us. Lay it, okay. lay it on the line. So let's let's just going into the the last leg of the race. I mean, Shay has won four challenges. Sasha's won two. Trinity's won three. Now, traditionally, if you win the most challenges, you win the show. Mm-hmm. There's never mm-hmm. been a time where someone else has won more challenges and not won. And I thought last week that no matter what, Sasha was just going to win because Me that would put them all too. as three. We actually didn't, I realized we didn't address that on the podcast yeah. was the confusion. I mean, I saw this online. I felt this, that sh- Sasha totally should have won last week and Shay won yeah. instead. Yeah. yeah. Overall, like, I agree that Shay's, like, uh, her construction worker look was better than Sasha's uh, um, cowboy look. But overall, it's three looks. Right. and. I felt like Sasha won. But it, it's weird because now we're in a position where, yes, Shay is the winner. So what are we doing with this top four and what's going to happen? And is Rue going to pull the rug out from everyone and pick someone who perhaps in Peppermint's case only won a single challenge? Hmm. I mean, I... they did it in Project One Race season one. That's true. Jay McCarroll won mm. nothing and won the show. Yeah, but he had the best final runway look. But we don't need to get into Project Runway. That's another podcast entirely. But I mean, I still to this day think about his matching headphones on the final runway. Oh, same. And the full gradient of like the rainbow and the knitwear. The ombre dress. So Guys, good. why didn't Jay McCarroll like become a thing? I mean, yeah. was he just too early? Well, I know this is a side note, but I think about it a lot. He he's done a lot of stuff for um Heidi. for Heidi since then. He did a lot of her looks, and then he had a website up for a while with one of his collections and like two. Okay, wait, no, I have to stop because it's, it's too much. We'll save it for the runway yeah. podcast. Yeah, bring it to the runway. That's right. That's bring right. It to the runway. Well, let's 
Well, let's turn to the actual runway this week, because after the the queens walked in their final four eleganza extravaganza, there was a series of conversations and a series of questions that just made me cry openly for 10 minutes at my desk as all four of the girls gave advice to their four-year-old selves. And it, I don't know. I mean, it really struck a chord with me. Yeah, there there are moments... Uh, when this show elevates itself from entertaining to important. And mm. that's, that's every year I look forward to that because every year that's, that's one of the things that really actually is moving about the show. Absolutely. I mean, everything from the way everybody reacts to the baby photos. Uh-huh. Um, I know. So cute. Just like a moment of like everyone dies of laughter. And then it is, I mean, if anyone was confronted with a childhood photo of themselves and asked to tell that child something about your life, we would all dissolve into tears. Mm-hmm. It is a it is an objectively emotional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answers that these queens had for that were all so deeply touching. Yeah. Right. And it's it's funny because all four of them, you can tell from the answers that they gave, all four of them were dealt a really, really difficult hand in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it never, it was never that much of a plot point throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Like when Roxy was left at a bus stop when she was a little kid, you know, when she admitted that during her season, that became something that was brought up for the rest of her of her season. But with this one, you know, we never really heard anything that much about their difficult lives a few snippets but but hearing it there it's it's hard not to have like a visceral reaction where you like close your computer and then go cry mm-hmm. yeah it was that it's true that plus the podcast conversations was right. when we learned a lot of backstory like about Shay like had never talked about being bullied and then mm-hmm. finding solace in church before that was all new mm-hmm. information um, com- that served to underline her emotional story at the end and also deepened her bond with RuPaul you could tell that there's something yes. yeah. there I think RuPaul, like Tyra Banks on America's Next Top Model, there's a tendency I think they both have to recognize their stories in their contestants Mm -hmm. and sort of emotionally devote themselves a little bit more, not in an unfair way, but I think you saw it with Nina because I think Ru really recognized a lot of her younger self in Nina Bonina Brown. And I think Mm -hmm. you see that here as well. And, you know, it's, I think that's the great thing about drag and frankly modeling the tendency for the older generations to mentor and to mother the younger generations, which I think is so important. I'm just curious to see what what happens now in that Shay is going to win. But if Shay doesn't win, where is this disconnect? Um, in terms of like the looks overall, mm. it was very polarizing for me to watch the final like runway looks. Like Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I I'll start off with the good. There's been This season hasn't delivered a whole lot of moments for me on the runway in which I gasped audibly. And Trinity coming out, I audibly gasped. Yes. The hair, the makeup, the gown. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. I gasped. With Sasha's, I was like, I can definitely see that. That looks great. I wish the dress (laughs) hit the floor, but I can see you wearing that looks good. I literally thought we had seen that exact look from Sasha. I feel like Like we have head to toe almost. It was a pink version of her entrance look. Yeah, down at the crown, the crown and the rubber made daisy. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, yeah. 
yeah, it was a little, I, I was a little annoyed by that. I think in a final runway moment, you're like, let me leave it all on the stage. And yeah. she was like, or yeah. I'll just rewear this dress. I felt the same with Shay though. Like, even though I loved Shay's like, she had a great reference of Belmont and Bob Mackie. Mm. And I was like, Beyonce. Oh, awesome. Perf- but, but I felt like, like your last look, I mean, I, I understand if it's your brand, but a leotard, like, I felt like this is the week where you pull out, like, a gown that, like, stops the show. Right. And Peppermint right. failed at that. Ooh. Yeah, Peppermint, right? That that fabric looked oh, really cheap. Cheap. Yeah. Very and cheap. And the hoop on under her skirt didn't hit the floor, so mm-hmm. it had this weird, like, line, like, a foot off. Mm-hmm. If, if there's one thing we've learned this season, it's that Peppermint does not know what to do with a skirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> Poor baby. Across the board, like, the skirt is a struggle. Yeah. But Trinity's look. I think, I was glad Michelle said what she said because it by far was the best she has ever looked mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. I also laughed so hard at Back Chains. Back Chains is my favorite joke. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just there. It's not for any, It's not for anybody coming in it's new. Just it's just for us. It's for us. I agree with all of you. I was, I was the most sad that I was so underwhelmed at Sasha's look. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. she's blown me away every other time. I have such high expectations for her. I thought her face looked beautiful. Sure. I loved the glittery tears. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, on the runway... When we got to the judges, they had no, they gave, well, I don't want to say they had no negative critiques, but they gave no negative critiques. And if they did, they were cut out. Yeah. And that was, that was interesting. Because I feel like if they, if they spoke about it, Peppermint would have went home. Right. Exactly. That's why I couldn't tell if if they were judging the performance or the runway. And it turns out, of course, they were judging neither because it seemed like about the whole, yeah, they were looking at the whole season and, and it's, I'm, I'll be honest with. With the top four thing, I was very kind of underwhelmed at the idea of a top four rather mm-hmm. than a top three because I feel like it's it's all four of these contestants are bringing something great to the table, but it is your job to whittle them down to find the one. I don't care about the top four, and I feel very Trinity right now. I care about the winner. I love Peppermint, and she seems she's a wonderful person, but. Peppermint had to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she has one of the best personalities for any queen who's ever been on the show. But I do feel like on some level, if you were to take her amazing lip syncs out of contention, I just don't feel like she's on the same level as the other three mm-hmm. in terms of whole packagedness. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with the crown when you win? That's a good question that I think we should look at each of these queens. If they won, what would they do with it? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day... Rue and the judges are going to look at the totality of these four in the competition over the entire season. So, Glenn, I'm going to start with you. Uh If you're looking at everything from mini challenges to maxi challenges to runways to performances in taped things, who do you think has delivered the most consistently crown-worthy material? Uh, I, I still go back to Shay. I mean, it's fascinating to listen to what those judges were saying in that final critique. It wasn't even a critique. It was their final praise uh, because they, they <laughs> are different. Uh, Peppermint's praise was uh, she's classic. She hits her marks. That's not mm-hmm. good. <laughs> right. That's not that's not what you want in the next drag superstar. She hits her marks. Um, 
there was uh, Sasha's was very. They were all impressed with her. That's not a winning. That's not a winning combination. Being merely being impressed with somebody. Uh, Shay is the whole package. They talked about her struggle. That's probably what you're you're going to be looking for. And then Trinity, uh, she's grown the most. So that's it's for me. It's between the two of who's actually going to win. But I'm still pushing pulling, pulling for Sasha. I think she consistently uh, surprised us. Mm. Yeah, there is also the idea of sort of how much mileage a queen can get out of winning, you know, and I think we've seen people like Bianca and Bob do so much Mm -hmm. with the title and the fame and the recognition where there's been plenty of others who sort of haven't seemed to have done as much. I mean, like Zachary Tchotchke. (laughs) I mean, I mean, who? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, both those two you just mentioned are comedy queens, Bob and Bianca. Right. Uh, there are no comedy queens in this top four here. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a comedy nerd. I love the comedy queens. So that was yeah. interesting to me that we don't have anybody like that because that is a different kind of performance. Yes, it's everything you think of as drag, but that's an extra layer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these, these folks are funny, but they're, I would never call them comedy queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like comedy is sort of the most mass marketable skill you can have coming out of drag race beyond... Because mm-hmm. right. otherwise it's just doing, like, performing a lot of clubs, which is great, and people make full livings on. But mm-hmm. I think to take it to the next level, I also think of someone like Alaska who can sing and sort of is a musician in that way also. I mm-hmm. think it's... There has to be an extra something. I guess that's yeah. the question is who is I mean, I wonder if part of the calculation of who is the winner is who can sell the most tickets for a show at the biggest venue. Right. Mm. Like last year, I paid money to go see Bob perform and he did two hours of stand up and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. A lot of crowd work. And it's like Bob can fill rooms. Mm-hmm. Um which of these contestants can fill a room with their performance? I don't think any of them. Yeah. I feel really? awful saying that, but like Peppermint's not going to win. I'm not going to counter anymore. <laughs> There's three contestants that you have up there that are representing different sides of drag that we haven't really seen in a top three that could win. Mm-hmm. Trinity is the first pageant like girl who could really, really, really win since Tyra in season two. Mm-hmm. Drag should be a given that you should just be excellent at. Now where do you go? And in my opinion, Sasha is where it could go. Sasha's Sasha won't fill out, you know, right away. She's not going to fill out those those stadium seats because I don't think that that's what her shows would be about. Mm-hmm. I think that I predicted Sasha was going to win day one. And even though Shay has won the most, there's going to be a lot of controversy. But I think Sasha will win because I think Rue sees that there's something there that they can that they can like build into a career. I think that it does bear to mention and I've never been to this but I think Zachary you have mm-hmm, Sasha mm-hmm. does a show in Brooklyn called Nightgowns mm-hmm. which to my understanding is like a variety show yeah. and it's kind of like there are like projections and short films mm-hmm. and um, like uh, there was footage of Aja uh, doing a performance against a backdrop of Instagram comments criticizing mm-hmm. her like they are they are they are thinky they are um, it's drag, sort of th- like drag performance drag art. theater. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. way more performance art than performing mm-hmm. arts. You but know, that and, is a show that like somebody you know. knows that they're going to get a show when they go to. Oh nightgowns. yeah, and I mean, hey, look, uh, Marina Abramovich. Did I say her name right? Yeah. Okay, so. Marina Abramovich doesn't sell out Madison Square Garden, but Marina Abramovich, wherever she's going, that that venue is going to sell out, mm-hmm. and 
that piece is going to be a le- like legendary. I think that Sasha could do that. Yeah, I hope you guys are right. I mean, I obviously I I, I love Sasha. I just mm-hmm. don't feel that connection between her and Rue, and that that I agree. Me a great deal. But do you no, think? I think you're right. Do you think that they're? I mean, look at the relationship between Rue and Alaska. Mm. Like, they're. Rue had always identified other girls around Alaska that she, like, really latched on to. But you can tell that when Alaska won, it was – Rue was like, that was my plan all along. Hmm. Like, I – Well, I I think Alaska came into the competition with a lot more behind her than maybe a lot Mm -hmm. of the other queens have. I mean, especially in All Stars, too. I mean, she had had multiple albums at that point, Mm self-funded or not. Like, they – got traction. And I think regardless of Rue's preferences and Rue's favorites, at the end of the day, for Rue, this is about this competition is about two things. It's about empowering the next generation of queens and it's about building her brand. And frankly, every one of these queens who wins becomes a part of Rue's brand in an extension or in a very tangible way. And I just don't think Rue as a business person could look at Alaska and not say, I need to have her as part of my brand. It's an interesting point. Eleanor, who do you think? Who's, who do you think is going to take it or who should take it? I often vacillate between the chance that the person we expect will win all along will win, which if you look at somebody like Bianca or Bob, who were essentially destined to win their season from very early on. And mm-hmm. it was like, well, it could be predictable. And it was. If that is what happens, then it's Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Trinity would be solid, a solid choice. I think Sasha would be the surprise winner. And obviously, I too am team Sasha. So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's up to Rue whether it's predictable or um, more of a left field choice. I don't think it's going to be Peppermint. I would. Yeah, I think I'm if I'm categorizing the three, I want Sasha to win. I think Sasha should win. But I think Shay will win. Mm-hmm. And, and I would I'll also be, be happy fine with that. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be so well, here's happy. The, here's the thing. Like, that. here's the great thing about this Final Four. On some level, I'm not going to feel pressed if any one of these four win. Because I, th- I would honestly actively go and see Peppermint in a show. I would mm-hmm. go see Shay. I would go see Sasha. I would, if I was passing by and it was free, go see Trinity. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, remember her lip sync? That was not yeah. anything to I seek out, it. frankly. I would watch Trinity in a World of Wonder YouTube show <laughs> periodically, but that's, I mean, pressing play is the biggest commitment I can give to Trinity <laughs> in my life. She has very good reads for everybody, so I think yeah. YouTube is a good place for her. She's She's entertaining in a three-quarter shot kind of way. I felt like she missed a little bit of a boat then because, like, she started doing a YouTube series and only released three episodes Hmm. throughout the season. Hmm. Well, what's also very interesting, which we haven't talked about and we can sort of wind down on this point, is that unlike other reality shows, RuPaul's Drag Race only crowns a winner once the season has aired, you know, for... I'm pretty sure everyone knows this at this point, but the finale where someone is crowned is taped, I mean, in this case, this weekend. It's being taped this weekend during Pride. And so the entire show has aired. And so Rue also is able to get a sense 
of how the audience is reacting to the final four or to the final three or whatever you have in that moment. And so I do think there's a world in which Rue takes all of that into account. I mean, I think if, you know, there was someone in a competition who she really loved, but the audience hated and she saw that there was no way that person would win. And so I think we also have to look at how the audience is engaging with these final four in terms of who Rue is going to crown the winner. There was there was a little bit of a, a conspiracy theory about season four, something similar to that, in which Rue was really gunning for Sharon because Sharon won the most challenges and Rue was like, no, this this kid has it. And the sponsor, Absolute, was like, no, she's we don't want her representing our brand. Oh, really? So that's why that was the first season Rue was like, oh, the top three, I'm not going to announce it. We're going to do a live show. Mm-hmm. Because she wanted to get so many social people on social media being like, no, it's Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. Because prior to that, all the everything was filmed. And then right. it was crowned then. Right. Well, was... I, th- I thought that happened because Perez Hilton ruined the Raja win in season Raja, three. Raja ruined that herself. Like, Raja leaked <laughs> that. Everyone leaked that instantly. <laughs> like, maybe Rue's going to look at the fact that we're living in a different time now. At the time when the show was filmed, it was before the election. Mm-hmm. Now it's post-election. And you you saw all the branding going into this of, like, we need America's Next Drag Superstar now more than ever. Mm-hmm. So Rue's going to also plug that into who is going to who is going to shake things up and be a, a leader of the people, I guess. Who is the most political queen? In I would words? love to. I would love to see that. I mean, we saw. Did you guys see Sharon perform at um yes, at P Town? Kathy Griffin. As Kathy Griffin holding a bloody head. I did not see that. It mm. was it was last night, uh, or the night before last. She did heads will roll by the yeah yeah yeahs, uh. and. I mean, I'm not it's going ridiculous. to say anything on the situation other than maybe Rue wants that. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah, and the person who was perfectly outfitted for that is Sasha. Sasha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, listen, I love this gathering of the Team Sasha Club. I think it has been <laughs> so wonderful and beneficial. Um, I mean, let's, uh, let me wrap up with this, Glenn. I want to, and I'll ask each of you, how do you feel this season stacks up to the previous non-All-Star seasons? Um, you know, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, 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 I do like the, as we said, I do like the strength of the final, but I, I, it doesn't strike me as a standout season. I mean, what are you, like, th- that's the other thing Eleanor and I were talking about the other day, Zachary. Like, what are you going to remember from season nine mm. in, you know, in years to come? In years to come, um, two things. The the awful lip syncs mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of Valentina and Charlie. Yeah, that's what you're going to take away from this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing I would take away is the powerful moments uh, and the speeches that, you know, Shay gave to Nina because mm. Shay's speeches to Nina are are sitting on top of all of the power of the Black Lives Movement and the adversity she's faced and I think that, you know, I'm never going to forget all the things that she said to Nina. They were powerful and moving. Yeah, and I think it really speaks to the familyhood mm-hmm. of drag in a way that Rue really responds to. Eleanor, let me ask you. I mean, you know, this was a season, as we were saying before, of some not always gag-worthy looks, but there were some, I think, I still remember screaming when Valentina came out as Madonna's sex book. I think it was, 
just the aesthetic. I mean, in my opinion, it was one of the aesthetic triumphs of season nine. When we're talking about things we're going to take with us, are there any looks that are going to stay with you? Um, the ones that immediately come to mind, not having looked anything up, uh, Aja's Lady Gaga look, uh, citing mm. the Comme des Garçons shapeless, yes. uh, shapeless gown, Valentina as a bride, mm-hmm. and of course, Sasha's house. I will, uh, I will always the remember the house. Um, I, I want to move into that house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Peppermint's Club Kid. Sure. Very oh, memorable. Yeah. Um, so, so there were there were definitely some good looks this season. Mm-hmm. There definitely were. And I think, you know, it, it's always interesting to sort of look at a season when it's over in the rearview mirror, which is something I hope we will be doing on this podcast. But for now, let me say, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure to have you on our panel. No, oh, it was such fun. Thank you guys. Because whenever I try to talk about RuPaul, I get some on, on Pop Culture Happy Hour, I just get the glazed eyes looking back at me. <laughs> uh, please come back anytime because we will never be glazed. <laughs> and listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour. It is truly yes. a wonderful, joyful show. Thank you so much, Glenn. Oh, thanks. And Zachary, as always, you, the king of Rooseberries. Thank you for constantly <laughs> keeping us, keeping us questioning our surroundings and the world around us. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. <laughs> Eleanor, BFF for life. Can we do a peppermint scream together? Oh. Oh gosh. I mean, I are we you ma- you manage the sound on this podcast. Can we do a peppermint scream together? I don't know. Let's just do it in our in our heads and the listener can <laughs> uh, fill it in. Okay, we're going to take a moment of silence to all make a peppermint scream in and of ourselves and go. Oh, it felt good. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna lie. I feel happier now. It felt nice. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. And with that, the library is closed. <laughs>